0: The WLEW Sports Network presents The Strong Side with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, and Paul P. Adams. The Strong Side is presented by Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Randy's Hunting Center, 269 Guns, Thumb Bank and Trust, Thompson Chevrolet, Go Thompson, and sure. Better health, better life. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network. Everyone is finally starting to thaw out and a handful of our area teams are still alive in the MHSAA playoffs. Good evening and welcome to the WLW Sports Network's presentation of The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021. I'm Clark Ramsey, your host, and joining me tonight is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hanson.
1: Thank you, Clark. Always good to be here and uh, round one of the playoffs is in and I would say our local teams fared, fared uh,
0: did pretty well the week one. Also in studio with us is the Sports Center of the Huron County View, Paul P. Adams. Oh,
2: that's right, Dave. The only area teams that we lost was uh, because two of them played each other. So the Greater Thumb Conference and the NCTL had awesome showings in the first round.
0: Harbor Beach used the big second half to take out MLS. Ubley started out a bit slow but then threw the hammer down against USA. Cassidy rolled Sandusky and Lakers throttles Bishop Foley in the second half, not to mention Deckerville. North Huron and Kingston all advanced in the eight-player playoffs as well.
1: They sure did. Uh, all those teams won in large fashion. Very impressive. Setting up some very nice matchups this coming week. Very good matchups and
2: I think some of these teams have a uh, a chance to go a very long way into these playoffs.
0: It's an all-in-depth look at the first week of the postseason. It's all right here on Sports Radio, 1021 and Sports.com. The Strong Side, presented by Thumbbang and Trust, Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Rainey's Hunting Center, Thompson Chevrolet, and Sure. Better health, better life, are you sure? Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side. When it comes to buying a new vehicle, the choice is simple thompson chevrolet located on m19 just north of ubley it's a short drive to find the best quality cars trucks and suvs on the market come in and check out the all-new chevy blazer chevy equinox or the strongest most advanced chevy silverado in its history with free pickup and delivery available on service appointments with gm certified mechanics keep your vehicle in top running shape year-round with thompson chevrolet if your next new vehicle is not on the lot they can get it for you no problem at all 2020s are now in stock, so come in, check them out, and see why so many go Thompson. That's GoThompsonChevrolet.com. GoThompsonChevrolet.com. There are a few things in life that are constant. Death, taxes, and back pain. And not only back pain, but your neck, your arm, your other arm, legs, feet, and other places. And it can really slow you down. It can keep you from your favorite hobbies, traveling, and even everyday life. So how do we take care of your body's aches and pains? Well, it's quite simple. Active Physical Therapy in Sports Medicine. They have two convenient locations, just west of Light and Bad and on the east end of Sandusky. And they have extended hours, so there's no excuse. You don't have to be some sort of high-end athlete to be a part of Active Physical Therapy in Sports Medicine. Patient recovery and rehabilitation is the top priority of their trained professionals, no matter the injury. They work with you, to create a rehab program designed for you. It's that simple. So if you want to get active, once again, go to Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine in Axe and Sandusky. Check it out for yourself at ActivePhysicalTherapyMI.com. That's ActivePhysicalTherapyMI.com in Axe and Sandusky. Left side or right side, you're listening to the strong side on Sports Radio one oh two one in live and Worldwide at W at Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Paul P. Adams with your first week of the postseason right here on the strong side. In eight player football, we had Mayo taking out Mayville thirty-four to twenty-two. This is division one of eight player. Kingston takes out Misick at home, fifty-eight-to twenty-two. Morris blanks New Haven Merritt forty-six nothing, and Deckerville takes out Flint International sixty-six to six, despite the number.
1: Well, looking at those Deckerville Eagles, that 66 number is a number I'd like to see. They haven't been putting up those big number points on offense. Defense has always been quite strong, but it was a nice, solid showing by that offense to put up a big number, even if it's just to get Morris thinking that Deckerville's a full squad ready to go, because that matchup should be worth the entry fee.
2: Well, we've, we've seen it all year long. The NCTL Blue has been the dominant conference a uh, uh, part of that conference and showed its muscles again the only nctl blue team to lose was peck because it lost to another nctl blue team uh flint international new haven Merritt. nice teams but uh not up to that caliber of the blue division
0: an eight player football division two north Huron takes out peck 44 to 12 in peck and then portland st patrick the shamrocks blank the Cougars, a base of the All Saints 45 nothing.
1: Well, North Huron might be in trouble against St. Uh, Portland St. Patrick, but I, I was really happy that they absolutely come out and blew the doors off Peck. I, I really thought, I said it on Friday or Saturday night, I really thought they got hosed. They had already beat Peck straight up and then have more wins than them and still had to go on the road that first week. I know it's all about points, but it just doesn't seem right logically, but they come out and take care of business, and I think that extra chip on their shoulder made a big difference.
2: No question. When I talked to Coach Canoblach, he said the, the boys were a little disappointed, and I think they took that out on Pack.
0: In Division 7, 11-player football, Cass City at home against Sandusky, and it is nothing. It was 60 nothing at half, and then Cass City throws on another 24 in the second half. We'll have more on this one later. As well as Lakers game here, Lakers hosted Bishop Foley on All Saints Day, and the Catholics lose on the road 56-19 against Elkton Pigeon Bayport, setting up a rematch between Lakers and Cass City, this time in Cass City.
1: Hey, I tell you what, looking at Bishop Foley, I really thought that Lakers might have been in a little bit of trouble in Week 1. Lakers handled their business. They played Harbor Beach tough in Week 9, and they carried that momentum over and really handled Bishop Foley. Uh, Credit to them, because they've had quite a few pieces fall apart, and they've been able to put that puzzle back together. I don't know if they're quite up to that quickly to Cass City's level, but at least they have a couple good showings here and a little confidence rolling into this weekend.
2: That's a good coaching, too. The whole staff, Coach Verberg and his entire staff, kept this thing afloat. Lakers, I think his face probably makes... Faced more adversity than any team uh, that, that we've seen in our area with injuries and, and things that have not gone their way to just make the playoffs. I thought was a real testament to that team to win a playoff game and to, to throttle your opponent at home. Uh, that that was a uh, just a great showing altogether. And uh, these kids are going to get nothing but good experience by being able to play in a district championship game
0: on Friday night. Ubley hosted USA for the second time this season. Week one they played and it was a 22 point victory. For for the Uly Bearcats in Week Ten, they play, and it's a twenty-two point victory for the Bearcats, thirty to eight this time. And then last night at the game of the week on the W Sports Network, Harbor Beach blanks Michigan Lutheran Seminary twenty-two nothing. And let's take you through that one right now. In the first quarter, absolutely nothing happens. Just kind of passing the ball back and forth between two teams, 0-0 Entering the second quarter. Same exact deal in the second quarter, no movement at all. Harbor Beach only had the ball for about two minutes of those 12 minutes as MLS tried to get something together, but the Harbor Beach defense stood strong. At halftime, it's 0-0. In the third quarter, 8 minutes and 33 seconds left in the third, Dylan Kadar hits a 40-yard pass to Michael Anderson on a 4th and 7 for the score. The PAT is blocked, and Harbor Beach is on the board first six, nothing. On to the fourth quarter, nine oh seven remains, and Devin Puff breaks out for a 40-yard run as well. The two-point conversion is good, and it's 14 nothing Harbor Beach. And then just a minute later, in that minute of play, it turned from rain to sleet to snow, and MLS started to look into the snow in their eyes, and Harbor Beach got fired up with 8-1 left in the fourth. Michael Anderson runs in from 10 yards out after an MLS fumble, puts them at the 10-yard line. Two-point conversion is good as well, and it's 22 nothing. Harbor Beach leading MLS, and that would be your final score. Harbor Beach advances to take on Ubley next week.
1: Well, you can say that the feeling out process was uh, about the entire first half, and neither offense really had an answer for the opposing team's defenses, but in the, it was after that halftime adjustment, whatever was said in the locker room, whatever the game plan changed to, uh, we saw the running game of Harbor Beach emerge, and that, to me, is the most important thing. you got to be able to run the football to be able to do anything else, and throwing the football comes after that. Even with you run the spread offense at a higher rate than a lot of teams do if you can run the football it makes a big difference and spreading these guys out worked for Harbor Beach in the second half from my opinion and uh, a heck of a play call on fourth down and seven and Dylan Kadar didn't miss it it was right on the number and uh, it doesn't matter who made the play call it has to be executed by the kids and that game The crowd exploded. Uh, Clark exploded on the air. I mean, it was absolutely (laughs) outstanding, and that was the play. Because if that play would have happened the other way, things could have gone along different.
2: Sometimes I get nervous when our teams don't kind of perform the way they should be, and and 0-0 at halftime would make me nervous. But what didn't make me nervous was the fact that MLS didn't really have any scoring opportunities at all in that first half really didn't sustain many drives didn't really knock on the door harbor beach knocked on the door a couple times but didn't cash those in and with a team that's as good as harbor beach you know eventually those opportunities are going to get cashed in i thought the defense did a, a tremendous job keeping harbor beach in the game long enough for the offense to catch up and that's eventually what happened
0: and here to talk about it in studio with us would be the head coach of the Harbor Beach Pirates for 23 years, mm-hmm. Troy Schalke. Good to have you in studio once again. Thanks for having me, guys. So uh, take us through that. I guess you have an opening statement of how this game went down for you. It was a little bit of a slow start for the Pirates, but I uh, really started to pour it on here as the game progressed.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, defense played great throughout. I thought uh, offensively, I felt pretty good early on. We just didn't take advantage of our opportunities in the red zone. You know, we had two great opportunities down there, penalty, uh, hurt us, but we should have been over, able to overcome that. You know, m- we missed a couple opportunities in the passing game there, and so you know, I felt good going in at halftime, although regretted not taking advantage of those opportunities. And you know, uh, we have to get better at that as we move forward here.
1: No question about it. Uh, Dylan Kadar made a nice interception in that first half and had a good return out of it, put you right in the red zone to begin with, uh, in a quick four and out. But you're right, there, there was a, a technically a drop pass on there that could have been a touchdown that probably would have started the energy early. Um, Did you do anything different for me? Coming out of halftime, that first series is really where it came out. And yes, you had to call timeout. You probably set up the play, whether it was you or whoever assists you with making those offensive calls. How did the the locker room, how did the game plan change, if at all, coming into the second half? It was
3: similar, uh, but Uh, Did a little less trapping, a little more uh, straight-on blocking. And so uh, guys were intent on just, you know, lining up and and mashing them, and we did that pretty well. And then, you know, mixed in the big fourth down pass when we needed it. So, yeah, I thought we we played really physically in the second half on offense, and that meshed well with what we were doing on defense.
2: Big number that stands out to me is – 30 yards, 24 carries for MLS. You, basically, you took their running game away. You did this early on. Uh, they were able to get a couple runs on you, but nothing sustained. You made them a one-dimensional team. Uh, was that part of the game plan going in, make these guys one-dimensional, take away this run altogether?
3: Yeah, big time. You watch them on film, number 36, runs wild. Uh, number 10, uh, hardly stopped for less than 10 yards that we saw on film. They had a lot of tape on them. so. I mean, it's to slow their running game down was a big part of the plan. We executed that really well. And then to take away the deep pass, number three uh, catches long passes against everybody. And, you know, they completed a few in front, but he never got it with the top. So uh, defensive game plan was excellent. The kid ex- executed it almost perfectly.
0: You know, when it, I will go back to that fourth down play call for the first touchdown of the night, going into that huddle, you call So it was fourth and two and there's a false start on Harbor Beach. So it pushes you back to fourth and seven. Does that change the mentality a little bit? So then you call timeout. So it's fourth and seven now. You're out of the field. Do you get a little smirk bef- in, in knowing that that's going to be the play call? Or how does that all go down?
3: Not a smirk, no, because you never know how it's going to work. So, but uh, Coach Ruble says he used to do that in high school. He used to jump off sides to force Mister Dillon to pass on third or fourth down. And so, <laughs> I think uh, I think probably probably Dillon the kids that uh, took a page out of Coach's book, and so that that was a well executed play. And like I say, we had missed some opportunities in the passing game early on, and and there good good play action fake, good time to throw, and you know perfect pass. Two receivers had to clear out to make room for Mike. So. Uh, Good good, big play at a really big moment.
1: No, number 10 uh, for Saginaw MLS, he, Clark and I said a couple times, you could see the talent in him, and there was a few times where when he gave it up, whether it was on the option or whatever, it, I didn't think the option pitches were that bad. They just totally muffed him or dropped him and really put themselves in some bad situations, which you guys took a lot of advantage of. Um, I really thought the difference for the defense was – He actually had a lot of time to look and decide. And when he decided to run, he became a runner very quickly. And he had a couple nice runs, but he never broke free, never did anything. And I thought that – is that part of what was harped on, especially with the linebacking core, is when he gives up the pass play, you have to control him before he gets out in space?
3: Yeah, but you know we didn't blitz much, so we just wanted to contain him and keep everybody in front. And uh, when he did scramble, he made a few plays, but like you say, nothing – nothing huge so and then the negative plays really hurt them you know the option's great and we we run little option and experiment with it in practice but it is very high risk high reward and you know they put the ball on the ground three or four times uh, with the option that helped us
0: what are you so coming into this game mls was on average completing 50 percent of the passes that's exactly what it came down to 13 for 26 plus three interceptions on top of that do you change the mentality or how the schemes are for the secondary knowing that they're going to try and stretch you out uh, sideline to sideline. You really don't see that in the Greater Thumb Conference much. How does that change the the week preparations?
3: Yeah, it's amazing how little spread we see in this day and age. You know, Marlette used to be all spread and uh, maybe another team here or there, but really no spread at all anymore. So it's a totally different ball game. You know, uh, just like this week, a lot of it's going to be condensed and it's going to be bang, bang, bang. Uh, that, that spread out stuff, you have to be uh, ready to run all over the field because uh, – you know, one broken play and defensive linemen are running downfield chasing the guy.
2: Do you feel like Different. you guys in particular are are a little bit more prepared for the spread because basically you practice against it?
3: Yeah, I think we feel comfortable lining up against it, and so that doesn't mean we're going to stop it necessarily all the time. But I do think we feel comfortable, and you know, we play we play both ways in offense. So I think we're comfortable with both. But whether that means we're going to be good at it or not. Uh, that doesn't always happen.
1: But for practice purposes, with the addition of the JV kids, you can at least, uh, with them at that extra numbers, you can at least showcase it. Hey, there's what Saginaw MLS does. Now we can kind of mix the group up and say, here's how we're going to defend it. Even if they, they can't run it to the way that Saginaw MLS can. It's got to help, right?
3: Right, exactly. We always get a huge bump when the JV comes up. That's, they've been working with us a little bit here and there throughout the season. But when they come up for real in the playoffs, it really is an emotional uplift. And uh, as far as planning and, and prep, it's, it's really huge. So those kids did a nice job this week simulating what we had to see. I thought
2: the play that really, uh, you know, energized you and the the team, the crowd, everybody, forty yard run by Devin Puff. Yeah. <laughs> S- stopped on contact. The initial contact stopped, and you know we we talk about we're here. Kid has a motor. Well, Devin Puff has a motor, and and up in the booth, uh Dave likened him to Marshawn Lynch. Just he was running people over and didn't stop. Just a huge play. Take us through that one. Uh, I thought that was that that was the play where MLS knew they were in trouble.
3: Yeah, when you're talking about that, I was thinking beast mode. I was thinking this, yeah, exactly. the exact same it, thing. Exactly and, what I said. <laughs> uh, You know, teams teams plan for. Uh, Devin and so uh, it's been tough sledding for us at times but I think we have a, a wearing out effect as the game goes on and people are less and less willing to tackle him I think as the game goes on there was a run before that long run where he got stopped at the line of scrimmage and maybe had a five or six yard game where he carried six people on his back you know what I mean so uh, when he, when he's in that fourth quarter type mode uh, it's it's huge for us and, and really gives us a lot of momentum.
1: I promise you, if he does that again, you're gonna you're gonna have Skittles coming from the booth from me. I'm gonna be launching off the door. Because that's exactly what that play was. It was it was a lot of fun. It was one of those where, oh, it was a nice run for three. Nope, nope, seven year. Oh, he's gone. It was just one of those you, you couldn't we had to wait till the play was done. And uh, I know I said a few times as well, uh, Michael Anderson, you love his creativity, his athleticism. You can put him anywhere and he will do anything you ask him to do. I don't even know the kid personally. I can see that from watching the game, and uh, Dylan Kadar, his evolution at the quarterback position with his ability to make plays happen with his feet, um, the throws are becoming more and more accurate as he's asked to do more, Um, but the energizer, the guy who just absolutely just explodes everybody with emotion is Devin Puff. As good as all those players are, when he has a big run, and it could be seven yards where he runs a guy over... The, the, everybody loves it. I mean, he just has a, that connection with the crowd and his teammates. And uh, can you embellish on that a little bit? Yeah, I would say, you know,
3: hit the nail on the head there. He, he is a great kid. Mike's a great kid. All those kids you mentioned are, are just great people uh, and, and really good football players. But, you know, Devin is really into it. And uh, he studies a lot. He prepares well. He spends a lot of time in the weight room. And, he, you know, he's just a phenomenal person and phenomenal player. Mike Anderson had a great game, too, uh, running the ball. He almost broke one on that maybe last drive or next to last drive where we had to punt, where he had a nice run and just got tripped up, or that would have been a, a, quite a long gain. And so uh, he had a nice night running for us too.
1: I enjoy uh, talking about the playmakers, but you know we'd be hard-pressed not to spend a minute and talk about uh, that offensive line, defensive line. Uh, I know there was a couple of absolute outstanding plays. Uh, I know Evan Smaglinski had one or two of them that I could think of Um kirsch had a big Jacob one kirsch, too actually, uh, yeah. there was a couple not to name drop individuals, no, but ones that i can remember where it was totally blocked out and it, we were talking about on the right over here paul the the absolute one-handed stoppage evan is being blocked in the other direction and right hand he grabs the the quarterback right here and absolutely brings him to the ground with one arm i mean it's just some of those guys made some outstanding plays that don't get enough credit
3: right heck yeah and uh defensive line offensive line that's a heart and soul of any team certainly heart and soul of our team and You know, our our offensive line, a little mad at halftime, they're like, uh, Coach, we want to run. just get a hat on a hat and let's get moving forward. And Coach Rubel said, hey, these guys uh, want to hat on a hat and move forward. And we did just that and they executed that. So, you know, our our offensive line and defensive lines really make our team tick and allow all of our playmakers to to do their thing.
0: So when you look at it, a, a team like MLS, I think you're kind of relieved to have to play an opponent that you haven't seen before this season. Now you throw that away, and now you've got Ubbly for the sixth time in three years. What's that like? I mean, obviously a big rivalry between Harbor Beach and and it's the backyard brawl. What does that look like? How does how does that change your week a little bit here? Yeah, Lutheran
3: Seminary was a tough opponent, and we were we were stressed trying to prepare for them. But it's it's interesting to have a different opponent now. When you're playing Ubbly again, like you say, sixth time sixth time in three years, we know each other so well, and so it's it's very stressful. Uh, for the coaching staff we're going to try to take that stress away from the players as much as we can and just try to have them focus on you know playing one one play at a time so uh, it, it'll be a tough week to prepare and it'll be challenging to uh, not overthink the Ubley Harbor Beach thing and just get ready to play good football.
2: But how do you take that stress away it's Ubley Harbor Beach six times in three years coming off the heels of a triple overtime district uh, championship thriller last year how do you how do you go about taking that away
3: we kind of started last week talking about uh becoming the hunters again we felt hunted all this year and at the end i think that uh so-called pressure got to us a little bit so i thought we played a little freer and easier uh this past friday night even though we didn't capitalize on all of our opportunities and we want to do that again you know it doesn't matter 10 and 0 does you nothing right now eight and two great record it doesn't matter you know the the Win, you move on. Lose, you go home. So let's win one play at a time and just, just focus on that. And Ubley's going to win some plays. You know, how, how well we respond to that is going to be key, too.
2: How much do you guys take from the previous matchup with Ubley?
3: Yeah, we'll look at that. We'll look at as much we'll, – we'll, we'll take in as much information as we possibly can and try to dissect that and then, uh, you know, kind of develop a game plan and then keep adjusting that as the week goes on and then adjusting the game. So yeah, we'll we'll look at things closely, and they will be. They'll look at us too, and they already know us, and we already know them. So uh, it'll it'll be hard to fool each other.
1: It's always interesting, and uh, the way I've described the Ugly Bearcats this year is fundamentally sound. They're physical and they're disciplined. So the four turnovers you got this week. I will highly bet the under on that. Uh, you, you, if you get one, you get one, that's a victory. They just don't turn the ball over. Um, but in my opinion also, they don't have a ton of speed, and they're not nearly as big as you guys. So I, I think the advantage will be, in your case, to take advantage of those situations. Um, but again, they will not make mistakes often. So um, how do you 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 know, how do you game plan for that, knowing that you're not going to get gift-wrapped turnovers like you got a couple of them this week?
3: right, no uh we are definitely not going to get how many picks do we have to we have three picks three, that, three, that three interceptions in a full that is not happening, so uh you know we're gonna have to stop them, and a lot of times it's gonna be stopping them on on four downs uh and we don't have to stop them every time but we have to stop them enough and then then offensively we have to take advantage of our opportunities and they're just as disciplined on defense they don't get fooled uh they're hard to block uh they don't get caught out of position so it, it it'll be a it'll be a tough task, and so yeah, we'll have to go back and learn as much as we can we have to try to come up with a couple things that maybe they haven't seen before, uh, but we'll have to uh, dig deep in the playbook maybe for those things.
2: One of the things that sticks out to me from that previous game is the final drive that Ugly put on you guys. It was a 20-play, 80-yard, took like 10 minutes off the clock. That's the kind of drives that they're capable of doing, and they, have, they feel, and rightfully so, their best – uh, defense is keeping their offense on the field. How do you guys go about stopping drives like that, preventing uh, large chunks of time taken off the clock?
3: Yeah, that's tough to do. It's a tough task, especially when they're in four-down territory. So, yeah, that was a great drive, and I'm sure that's going to be a big part of their game plan uh, here this week. A huge thing, but it's not easy to do either, is to get a lead. So if you're up two touchdowns, uh, that helps. It doesn't seal the deal, but that helps. So if we could somehow you know, uh, get a lead – early on uh, that makes it a little bit more reasonable but uh, like I say that's not easy to do either so we'd like to get a lead and play with a lead if we could
1: Remind me of uh, Army University University Army when they played Michigan it was an absolutely outstanding game plan and you know when I picture the Hubbley-Harbor Beach game, That's Army and Hubbley are identical what they want to do. They want to minimize possessions. They want to capitalize on theirs. Um, If they had all the top-end athletes and could do whatever they wanted, they wouldn't care. They would just go down and score. But with the way it is, this is the game plan, and I I don't see how they can change that. They want to minimize how many times Kadar and Anderson and all those guys get the football and hope that they force you not to score a couple times. But um, looking back, were we nervous at halftime? Yeah, a little bit, but... You had two opportunities in the red zone, and if you have any more, if you get two to their none, chances are they're not scoring on you. So I, I like the way it's looking, but that's how I picture the game. I picture that Army-Michigan game we had a few weeks ago, and they're going to be tough because they're going to try and do that every single possession.
3: Yeah, you know, I'd like to flip the script a little bit on that. You know, they got the probably the best quarterback in the league, run-throw, dual threat, great fullback, at least two other halfbacks. You know two middle linebackers that are stud middle linebackers so you know i, I
1: both underclassmen a, too
3: heck yeah <laughs> with us with us being the hunters you know we think we think they're loaded with talent and they do what they do well we think we have some talent we do what we do well so you know we're, we're, we're not going to come at it like they're any sort of underdogs or they're uh they don't stack up to us personnel wise or anything like that so you know we're we're going to be the hunters this week so uh we're going to be looking at all their talent and everything they do with that talent and trying
0: to trying to uh defeat that well uh coach it's been a pleasure to have you in studio here and uh no we're, we're out of time here paul i gotta go no, so give me one more. all right <laughs> go for it
2: because i, I want to troy to answer the question that everybody's wondering why saturday
0: yeah big big thing
3: for us was you know uh we would have preferred to play friday night this past week we always prefer to play friday night high school football is about friday nights but uh with having to play saturday this past week we we didn't want to deal with ugly on a shortened week so basically that's what it comes down to and then. To me, Saturday night is kind of like Friday night, but one night later. So. That is
0: exactly the definition, yes. That is exactly what Saturday night is, yes. So, Troy, it's been a pleasure having you in the studio, and uh, good luck to you, and we'll, we'll we'll be out there on Saturday night. All right, good deal. Thanks a lot, guys. Had yeah. fun. It's been, a, it's been a Troy Shelkey in studio here, and it's time for a short break. When we return, we'll be taking a look at that USA Ugly game right here on Sports Radio 1021. When we ask, are you sure? We just don't mean it in the sense of utilizing one of our primary care clinics or pharmacies in Pigeon, Caseville, Elton, or Seawing, or stopping by our Vision Center, Senior Living, our Wellness Center, or Walk-in Clinic that's open more days than Bronner's. When you're sure, it's a whole lot more. It means being one with the community. Our team of nearly 500 healthcare professionals wear a lot of hats, especially in the community. Sure, teammates are organizers of local festivals active members in chambers of commerce, volunteers at food pantries, teammates for Relay for Life, coaches for youth soccer, board members of local nonprofit foundations, they organize parades, are active in church, donate to charity, and they'll even sit on a roof for a good cause. So when we say we are sure, it's just not providing the best health care in the entire thumb, it's caring about the thumb for a better thumb. No matter the temperature or type of weather we have, We've got your back because we know you have ours too. Sure. Better health, better life. Are you sure? <laughs> Left side or right side, you're listening to The Strong Side on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at W. be sports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Paul P. Adams in studio until 8 o'clock tonight discussing the first week of the postseason. We had Troy Schelke in here with a game of the week just a moment ago. Now let's take a look at the other side of that game upcoming this coming Saturday at 7 p.m. The Ubbly Bearcats, on Friday, they played host to the USA Patriots, and the game began, and USA wasted no time after Ubley won, or Ubley received the ball first, and they fumbled, and Ubley, USA took over in Ubbly territory, and they took advantage. Walker Foley with a three-yard run in for the score, Foley with the catch to make it 8 nothing USA, and that's how the first quarter would end, in fact, with USA leading the Bearcats. In the second quarter, Ubley, though, Shane Ozentosky runs in from six yards out, and Ozentosky two-point conversion is good, and now we're tied at halftime, 8-8. to Then Ubley throws down the hammer here in this third quarter, nine twenty-one. Casey Sweeney with a two-yard run. The two-point conversion is good, 16-8. to Ubley leading, and they would not look back. A minute 52 left in the third. Colin Obriski with a 44-yard run. Two-point conversion from Haleski makes it 24-8, to and that's the end of the third quarter. Fourth quarter, two minutes in. Carson Hleski runs in from 19 yards out. The two-point conversion fails, but it didn't really matter at that point. (laughs) Ubley wins 30-8 in dominating fashion. Bouncing back from a game against Cass City, Ubley playing some darn good football right now.
2: I didn't see this one coming. Uh, USA was playing fantastic ball. The only loss since week two was a uh, touchdown loss at Harbor Beach. This team was playing on both sides of the ball, it's best football of the year going into this game. A lot of momentum goes up eight to nothing. You're thinking, "Oh boy, Bearcats are on their heels." They they took a whooping in Week Nine to Cass City. You, you wonder how they were mentally going to uh, bounce back from that, and they did. They took USA's best shot, turned it over, er, ugly turned it over early, overcame that, and then forced turnovers of their own and mistakes that USA made just uh, compounded and ugly. I think with an absolute statement game
1: uh, to to start the playoffs. When we were talking to Coach Schalke, I mentioned that I thought that Harbor Beach had more speed than Ubley. I don't think Ubley would disagree with that, but they have a bunch of really nice, talented backs. I mean, I think their I fastest agree. guy is probably Casey Sweeney. And But when I look down at this thing, the first thing that stands out, all three of their running backs and Casey ran in a touchdown. So any one of them can score at any time, and Coach Sweeney is not afraid to make sure that you don't know who's going to get the ball inside the red zone, which makes them so much harder to defend. They execute their fakes better than anybody. Most of the time, Casey Sweeney is 20 yards down the field, and 98% of the time, he doesn't even have the ball, and he still has to run to the sideline to get the play to get to the huddle and tell his teammates what to do and still get under center in time to snap that ball. They hustle every single play. They don't miss a beat. They don't miss tackles and a rare fumble, which probably was the best thing that happened to them because it completely woke them up, woke a sleeping giant up and they come up and said, that's it. 120 yards is all USA was getting that night. And it looked like a replay of week one. And the Bearcats, they are playing good football too. They not many people have been talking about them. Their schedule was weak. They had two good games in that schedule and they want you know they didn't beat Harbor Beach, they didn't beat Cass City. Fine. But they destroyed everybody else in their path along the way. Did what they had to do. This team is ready for this rematch and they are tired of losing to Harbor Beach and I would be hard pressed to find that they don't take them into a one score game or an overtime game yet again. This team is
2: that motivated. I talked to Coach Sweeney today for a preview that I'm working on and and he admits it hey go. You know, athlete for athlete, we can't match Harbor Beach. Uh, they're not going to set the world on fire with with their athleticism. But what Ugly can do is play as a team and play as a unit and wear you down. And that comes with communication, following all your assignments, playing mistake-free football. That's what Ugly has to do. That's Ugly football. They are not going to out athlete you. They, that, that's just not going to happen from from this particular Ugly squad. And that's coming from the coach. So when you know. Your strengths, you know your weaknesses, you try to tailor that game plan to that. And you know what's coming at you. You know you're facing a team with athletes all over the place. And the in order to neutralize that, you can rip off long drives that take off a lot of time off the clock. Ubley did it already once this year. It may have been just one drive, but that one drive in that fourth quarter just sticks with me. I remember watching that drive, and there wasn't a thing Harbor Beach could do to stop them. And we saw it last year in that triple overtime game. When Ubley marched down the field and tied that game up to force that overtime, Harbor Beach didn't have an answer. And that's what concerns me when Harbor Beach and, and Ubley meet up. If Ubley can, can dictate pace and get that ball and put Harbor Beach on its heels, especially if you could start the game, if you're Ubley, if you can start that game and score and take eight minutes off the clock, it makes every possession that Harbor Beach has that much more precious because you never know how, how many
1: more you're going to get. I agree with you. I, I have two things to think about that. One are both on opposite ends of the spectrum. If Harbor, if Ubley comes out in that game and leads with that drive, okay, it's a totally different ball game. But on the other side of things, when Ubley had that drive, I look at it totally different. That was Coach Sweeney waving the white flag. Harbor Beach is not getting the football back in this game. We're down two scores. I will be hard-pressed that they go up three scores on me because he had no answer for him in the second half. Now, it's going to be a totally different Harbor Beach team that Coach Sweeney is going to have to game plan for because I don't see any way, shape, or form. Coach Schelke goes back to Michael Anderson, a quarterback, and I'm not saying it wouldn't work, and I'm not saying he won't because he probably went home and listening right now and went, I'm going to prove Dave wrong. <laughs>
0: don't give yourself but, that much credit, Dave.
1: But <laughs> Thanks. But... Dylan Kadar has played, done a nice job, and their versatility with Michael Anderson makes them tougher to defend. Whether he's in the backfield or at wide receiver, if you put him at quarterback, I think Ubley has a better chance of stopping him. I, I agree, Dave, and and that was the that was the first
2: big game that Dylan Kadar played, and uh, he, he he looked a little out of sorts. But since then, this kid has grown by leaps and bounds since Ubley. And we might look back and say, hey, that performance there, it wasn't his best, but it was a learning experience and it helped him grow. But uh, Ubley had a, a very good game plan for Dylan Kadar the first time around. And Coach Sweeney had to uh, switch things up and he went to Michael Anderson and the Bearcats had no answer for that offense. But I don't think that that game plan is going to work this time around.
0: We're well, going to be hard pressed in to find a better backfield than Upley with Colin Oberski, Shane Ozantoski, and Carson Haleski, as well as Casey Sweeney. Carson, uh, excuse me, Oberski with 107 yards. Ozantoski, 68. Haleski, 65. And then Oberski, Oztoski, Kleski, and Sweeney each with a score. And Sweeney con- completes two of his four passes for 56 yards to take out the USA Patriots. That game on Saturday at 7 p.m. Coverage starts at 6 p.m. on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at www.sports.com. It's time for a short break. When we return, we'll take a look at the Greater Thumb West, realistically, Lakers and Cass City, right here on Sports Radio 1021. <laughs>
4: For everything to do with hunting, visit Randy's Hunting Center at the East End of Bad Axe. Look for the 40-foot-tall log cabin showroom with over 40 wildlife mounts from around the world. Randy's Hunting Center has crossbows by Darton, Wicked Ridge, Ten Point, and Raven, along with scopes, arrows, and accessories. Archery specialists ready to get you shooting this same day. Stay warm and dry in handmade cedar blinds in all sizes, starting at $425. Find over 4,500 new rifles, shotguns, and handguns in stock, including the Ruger American Rifle and 450 Bushmaster. Over 170 variations of a action rifle. That is a legal alternative in the shotgun zone and is fully capable of 3-inch groups at 300 yards. Get a Ruger Go Wild 22-inch Camouflage 450 Bushmaster with muzzle brake for only $499.95. Randy's Hunting Center can drill and tap your slug guns, mount and bore sight scopes, offers custom sight in service, and they sell hunting and fishing licenses. Visit the website, randyshuntingcenter.com and check out their Facebook page. Hi, I'm Randy Brown.
3: Get your best deal at Randy's Hunting Center at the east end of Bad Axe. Call 269- Guns, nine eight nine two six nine guns.
0: listening to your home for high school football, the most in-depth analysis across the entire Thumb of Michigan. And now we're taking a look at the Lakers against Bishop Foley on Friday. And Lakers wasted no time to start that ball game. And Mason Dubes returns the opening kickoff for 85 yards and a score. The two-point conversion fails and Lakers 6-0. Five minutes later, 6.05 remained in the first. Garrett Bulls with a run, makes it 12-0. And then Bishop Foley rattles off two scores of their own. Two, uh, P.A.T. is good, but then the P.A.T. is no good on the second one. I just want to ring the bell, realistically. Zach Kretschmer, though, responds with a 34-yard run back and forth, and then Lakers caps off the game with five straight scores, including three from Logan Coulson Russell. Final score, 56-19, Lakers rolls through Bishop Foley.
2: Wow. What a, what a great uh, opportunity for Lakers to get into the playoffs and not in host a game which not many six three teams get to do and then absolutely dominate your opponent uh, down the stretch. What a great overall win for Lakers a team a team and a program that's faced a lot of adversity this year, but it all went away Friday night with a great
1: opening round win. Absolutely. We mentioned it a couple times. And I'm going to say it again. It's great for the kids. You know, they, they've had their struggles this year. And, and this is a, a really, the last two weeks, they have really trended up. They've played a, a very good football. And even if they haven't played all that well a year, they've definitely put two nice games in a row back together. And for their sake, I really hope, and even City's sake, I hope they play a solid game this coming weekend because it's not, it would, doesn't help anybody for a blowout. If, if Lakers can go in there and showcase, get on the board first, maybe, or, or hang in that game for a half or three quarters that's only going to help Cass City for their future run if they end up winning um, I've got to assume Cass City's favoring that game but I give a lot of credit to the Lakers because I think a lot of us had them written off they might not even get past the first round and they absolutely blew the doors off Bishop Foley uh, with an outstanding running game some special teams so if they can carry any of this momentum over to next week hopefully they can give Cass City all they can handle and this is a team that has a freshman quarterback right now uh,
2: freshman running back with uh, Ethan Wisner. I believe he was out with a concussion, but n- nonetheless, he played a vital role this year. Um, Zach Kretschmer is a sophomore, and you just look up and down the roster for the Lakers. It's sophomores, juniors, freshmen. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple seniors sprinkled in, but the, the future, to me, is so bright for this team, and that's why this win and this following game to Cass City is so important. It's playoff experience. There's there's experience, and then there's playoff experience. And you cannot duplicate that. You cannot put a price on how valuable that is when you've you got Coach Verberg and his staff building this program. And they have. They've built a really good program.
1: And uh, to get ex, get more experience and keep playing, that's huge for this team. It's big, and you want to keep your numbers up. And winning helps that. Okay, It's just like college team recruiting. If you if you have a losing record, you're going to tend to lose recruits. It, it goes hand in hand. Uh, we made that comment about <laughs> Michigan State earlier. Uh-huh. I'm not going to bring uh-huh. it up. But you mentioned it on Saturday night. Anyways, uh, it's one of those things. Winning helps. And if you, if your team puts a good product on the field and win a few games, other kids want to be a part of that. That really helps a lot.
0: Well, it, it really, the season for next year starts right now. It's like in college football. When you make a bowl game, you get six more weeks of practice. In these two weeks here, gets that JV squad up on varsity. You're going through, you're learning the offense already, you're going into it, and now you have a leg up already for the next year. It's huge.
2: This team has nothing to lose either. There's zero pressure on Lakers in this game going in. All the pressure's on Cassidy. Hosting their district championship, never have won a district championship, knowing that they're going to be heavy favorites over the Lakers. When you're a team that has no pressure on you at all and the other team's got the pressure, if you can, like you said, Dave, if if Lakers can go out, put put a quick one on them and uh, maybe put Cassidy on their heels, who knows? Maybe that pressure gets too much for Cassidy and uh, Lakers playing free and easy. You never know. The playoffs, we saw a lot of teams in the MHSA playoffs this week. A lot of five and four teams won.
1: So anything can happen when these records reset. Coach Helge said it best. It's win or go home. And Lakers is playing with house money.
0: Moving on now to Cass City, the team that Lakers will be playing, and Cass City hosting Sandusky. In the first quarter, had absolutely no scoring, but then Cass City in the second quarter runs with Alex Perry had a big night, needless to say here. Alex Perry with a three-yard run, the two-point version's good, it's 8 nothing. Cass City. 39 seconds left in the half, and Alex Perry with his second score, two-point version's good, and Cass City leads at the half, 16 nothing. In the third quarter, repeat that again, Alex Perry with another run, two-point version is good. Thirty-two nothing, Cass City, and then Jordan Mester decides to rain on Alex Perry's parade here a little bit, and he scores for a touchdown and two-point conversions. Good, thirty-two nothing, and then Alex Perry says, "If you can do that, I can throw in another score. Four touchdowns for Alex Perry in this night, and a Cass City victory, forty nothing over Sandusky.
2: It, the one name we didn't mention is Sandek Threl." He didn't do much in the stat book, but guess what? He played in this game, and that makes a difference if you're Cassidy, and especially now if you're Lakers preparing for this team. Uh, we've seen now this this uh, Cassidy team is loaded. They can come at you in a variety of different ways. And Alex Perry, uh, it was his turn to shine, uh, but it could it could certainly be Mester or Cathrell or somebody else. Uh, that's how deep this this team is. And again, the, the other number, a big old goose egg. So that runs that streak of single digits
1: to, I think, 10 games now for Cassidy. This defense is legit. And yeah, there's a couple things I see in this game. and it's, Sometimes it's the little things in a close game that matter. You get every single two-point conversion that makes a difference. Ask the Bearcats last year in the playoffs how important them two-point conversions can be. You gotta get them. You gotta get at least half of them, obviously. But if you can get all of them, that is that is absolutely a difference maker, and it puts a lot of pressure on the other team to not only score but to get that all-important two-point conversion. Obviously, this defense is absolutely outstanding. <clears throat> Excuse me, even without Delorean Wedge. This Sandusky team knows how to run the football. They execute a game plan very well. Cass City absolutely said no thank you. And uh, I think a guy that's not going to get a lot of credit is Jordan Mester because that guy came out of nowhere. <laughs> okay. He was, uh, Don't know who he is. Never heard of the guy And about halfway through the season. He is an X-factor for this team. We know what Alex Perry is. We know what Hayden Horn is. We know what Santa Couturell is. Bryce Fernald has adjusted to the quarterback position similar to Dylan Kadar has evolved in the year. Bryce Fernald kind of come out of nowhere and has really jump-started this offense, allowing Santa Couturell to be versatile. So hopefully with another week's rest, he can do a little more for them because I think they're going to need him to make a deep run, but just goes to show you that Cass City has a lot of weapons, and Coach Cathrell's done a good job finding them and putting guys like Jordan Mester in a place to succeed. Just a word on uh, Sandusky.
2: Don't sleep on this team. This team is absolutely loaded with young talent. DeLorean Wedge, who we talked about, he's only a junior. They return the vast majority of their players this I think is going to be the favorite in the greater thumb east next year and really poised to make a a deep playoff run so this was good experience for these guys they didn't have their best player
0: but look out
2: for Sandusky uh come next year
1: I agree with you offensively they are going to be dynamic they gotta get off the field on defense though
0: it's time for another short break and when we return we'll be taking a look at next week's playoff picture in week number 11 of high school football in the great state of Michigan you're listening to sports radio 102.1. <laughs>
4: This is Mike LePage from Thumb Bank & Trust. At Thumb Bank, we are a proud supporter of our local communities and school athletics. No team is complete without a good coach. Let Thumb Bank & Trust be your guide for personal service, professional excellence, and over 120 years of financial experience that any team needs to succeed. You
0: wanna be where everybody knows your name.
4: Stop by any of our offices and let us show you the winning difference that is Thumb Bank. We're Thumb Bank and Trust Company with locations in Pigeon, Caseville, Cassidy, Badax, and Bay City where relationships are built on trust. Member FDIC.
0: You're listening to The Strong Side with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, and Paul P. Adams. We're in episode number four of the season, and we're finally getting back to the swing of things, I feel like, fellas, and here we are into the second week of the playoffs, and now let's take a look at the second week of the playoffs, eight-player football. We have Kingston at Mayo and Morris at Deckerville. Not sure when those games will be exactly. Morris
2: and Deckerville is Friday. That is Friday. Okay. Have not heard on Kingston and Mayo, though.
0: I want to say, though, the team names and uh, nicknames for in any player football are strong this year. We have the Snowboards going against the Norsemen, the Cardinals against the Thunderbolts, the Clippers against the Magi, and the Orioles against the Eagles. The Magi, I love it. And oh. then in uh, Division Two, we have the Panthers at the Jets, the Trojans at the Tigers, the Portagers at the Panthers, and the Warriors at the Shamrocks. Some strong, strong names. Nicknames are—nickname st- game is
2: strong I'm there. proud
0: of it. I, it was, they had a marketing firm work on these. I know they did. <laughs> all right well let's take a look at division two pickford at north powers north central cedarville at hillman and then oh, get, oh uh nah, i said that wrong anyway oh not, m- oh, not, oh, not thank you up. i screwed up every time and in the north Huron at portland st patrick i presume on saturday
2: i believe that's on saturday but oh boy look at that pickford powers north that is a rematch Ooh. uh pickford pickford's one l that came that was a 21 to 14 loss to powers north Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Division II state championship game, uh, and these are the two without question. The two best teams in eight-player football, regardless of division, they have proven that uh, all year. Their schedule says says that. Uh, no disrespect to the, to the Division One teams, but uh, these two teams, uh, th- this is going to be a fantastic
1: game. Oh, a rematch worth watching, and obviously Pickford now knows a lot about them. They're going to have to play at Powers North, but a game that we'll keep a close eye on because it's gonna it's that intriguing. You
0: want to go to that one, Dave? Uh, no, yeah. not yet. Dave. Right. And, and give me
2: Kingston over mile I uh, I think. Uh, you know, Mayville played mile pretty close. Kingston has really come on strong towards the end of the year. Only loss after week one was a very close loss to Deckerville. I like Kingston
0: going on the road in that game. In the 11-player football, Division 7, of course, the local game of uh, concern, Lakers at Cass City. This game was, what, 51 nothing when they played at Lakers in the, earlier in the season. But Lakers playing a lot better ball right now, but Cass City's certainly rolling.
2: That was the first game that Coach Cuthrell...
0: Made the switch and put Sanda Kithrell
2: in the backfield and was a primary running back for them. And I don't know if the Lakers were quite ready for that uh, this time around. It seems like things are a little bit different. Uh, Sanda Kithrell nursing an injury. He may primarily play quarterback this time, but that doesn't worry me too much if I'm Cass City because we've seen Alex Perry, Alex Perry, Jordan Mester, uh, and, a, and a few others that have been able to carry that load. Uh, I don't know if they're going to lean on. Santa Cuthrell as much as they did the first time but that first time I think, well, really put Lakers on their
1: heels. I don't see a situation where they take Bryce Fernald out that much. I, they might rotate Sandin in, but I think it's Bryce Fernald's job um, and for, for good reason. Uh, not because he's better than Santa Cathral, because it makes them more versatile, makes them more dynamic. And the guy you meant, didn't mention the third back is Hayden Horn. He might ah, be the most explosive the one.
2: He had, a, he had the big game against Subway. I knew I was one. It
1: just depends on the week. Yep. I, you just don't know which of these backs are going to hurt that, you.
2: That's the nature of wing T football. And anybody, any coach. That, that coaches that will tell you that, that it's not a featured back. It's what's working that particular day, and it could be you never know when it's going to be your day. Uh, Hayden Horn didn't even really make it into the stat sheet for us this week, but the previous week against Ubley, he tore him up. So you, it, it, they're just a very versatile uh, backfield, and you never know. But you have to have all three of those backs firing. And- you can't have two and not the third one. Mm-hmm.
1: Don't forget, they have a very underrated offensive line. They've played very good football all year, have gotten no credit. And uh, they'll go on to play offensive the Offensive line
2: of, never gets any credit. Uh, they'll,
1: they'll, they'll, true. They'll, they'll go on to play the winner of Detroit Loyola or Madison Heights Madison. How about those names? I don't care about their record. <laughs> those are some powerhouse schools normally, but both of them have four losses this year. So there could be a, ch- a solid like chance for our a. winner. Well, probably. But there's a chance Cassidy go in and play some good football against them. Yeah, not only Cassidy got a chance to win its
2: first ever. Uh, district championship but a possibility if they get by lakers to to win a regional and play in a state semifinal. that's uh that's uncharted territory for the Redhawks.
0: and just to prove i can know how to say it onekama all right moving on to division <laughs> eight you. football thank you yeah uh Ubley at harbor beach this will be the game of the week on the wlw sports network uh, coverage starting at 6 p.m kickoff at 7 p.m on saturday saturday once again for harbor beach hosting the Ubbly bearcats six time in three years
1: yeah, speaking of nicknames, I think the hematites always get a Well, yes. You know, for, That's an all-time wing.
0: favorite for me. But anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be at Harbor Beach. Take well, us through that one.
1: What can you say about it? We've seen it a dozen times we've seen it six times in the last three years and I look forward to it just as much as I did the first time I got to call this game this is the rivalry that we all love to see this is the Cass City Lakers of the west that there is just nothing like it and we love it that we'd see both of these two rematches again this weekend I don't know if Lakers can quite hang with Cass City this year Lakers is playing better football but Cass City is just on another level right now they are rolling Harbor Beach and Ubley though Man, Ubley is playing some really good football, and they've already lost to Harbor Beach once, and you know that they are hungry. But I I love what Coach Shelkey said. As much as I keep thinking that Ubley is the team that wants to beat them, he is trying to convince his team that Ubley is better than them, and you need to hunt them down. They are the team you need to get. And it'll be interesting to see which one of the hunters gets the victory this weekend. If
2: you can't get excited in this business, when Harbor Beach and Ubley face each other, Uh, in the playoffs you are in the wrong line of work this is as good as it gets it was proven last year triple overtime a game we will never forget uh as the years go by i'm sure stories will even get greater of of that game but these two teams uh they do bring the best out of each other uh they are going to be ready for each other and uh saturday night hey I, i guess i didn't have any plans
0: i don't think dave did either all right, but you'll hear that game Saturday at 7 p.m. Coverage at 6 p.m. Uh, happy anniversary, by the way. Thank you. The Strong Side is brought to you by Thumb Bank and Trust, Active Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine, Rainey's Hunting Center, Thompson Chevrolet and Thompson Car Company. And sure, better health, better life. Are you sure? So on behalf of Paul P. Adams from the and count of you, Dave Hansen, in-game analysis, I'm Clark Ramsey. Thank you for listening tonight to The Strong Side. Thank you for Troy Schelke joining us here in studio. And we'll be back on air Saturday at 6 p.m. with kickoff at 7 p.m. Right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at Sports.com. Miss the strong sign? You can now listen in on podcast format. Just go to iTunes wherever you find your podcasts. Search Sports, and you'll find every replay there. On behalf of our entire team here, we'll see you Saturday from Harbor Beach as the Ubley Bearcats come into town. You're listening to the home of high school football in the Thumb of Michigan.